Praise the Lord. Good morning. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 18. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I want you to think about that for a second. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So I want you to think about this so you might know. Good morning. Good to see you, brother. Good to have you this morning. So you might know the hope to which he has called you. How many want to know the hope to which he has called us? Hallelujah. Let's hear the Spirit of the Lord this morning. Which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That's us. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So what is the power toward us who believe? According to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. Listen to this. So He seated Christ on the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. You see how high of an authority Jesus Christ is this morning? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The highest authority, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning uh, we come before you, Lord, and I just ask you right now, um, that your Holy Spirit, right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to move in this place. Lord, that your power and your presence would be manifest. Lord, that the works of the enemy would also be manifest, Lord. Lord, that you would reveal your power in a mighty way this morning. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> in First Peter... Peter is talking about Christ's power. And he, uh, in verse 3, says, His divine power has given us everything we need. Then down verse 11, after he talks about that power that has been given to the believers, then he says this, which I, th- I think is very interesting. I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them. And are firmly established in the truth. You hear that? I will always remind you of these things that you already know. How many know we can already know things and they can be very simple and they can be very elementary, but we need to be reminded of these things that we already know, even though we're established in the truth. Even though you're established in the truth this morning, I want to remind you of some things that we need to be reminded of. And then he goes on. 
that was enough. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus has made very clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will be always able to remember these things. So do you notice that Peter is just continually reminding them as long as he lives? And and by the way, he's about to be martyred at this moment in his life. But his mind is, I'm trying to continue to remind you about this power um, that has been given to you. And so this morning I want to talk about power and authority of Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure that we remember and we're reminded and we don't forget because as the church, uh, many times we can forget who he is, what he is. How many have seen that scripture that says he's high above every ruler, high above every authority, he's above every name. And sometimes we forget that as the church. Sometimes we don't know it to begin with as the church. And so I want to remind everybody, because if we, church, don't walk in that power and that authority, um, we are not going to do the things that he's called us to do. And we have to understand that power and authority, and we have to reflect that as the church. And uh, we've got to look like people who understand the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. And so I want to begin to look and... Um, one of the scriptures that kind of stuck in my mind uh, was a scripture we were studying at Bible study the other night. Um, how many of you think that was a very profound study in Mark about what happened when Jesus walked into the synagogue in, um, in um, oh, uh, what was the town? Capernaum. The synagogue in Capernaum, and he begins his public ministry and preaches his first sermon. And the things that happened when Jesus began to speak uh, that teaching in that synagogue at Capernaum that day. And so I want you to begin to think what would happen, um, what would happen when a person that has the level of authority that Jesus has, what would happen if he walked into our presence uh, today? And I think it's important that we understand that because Jesus went to great lengths to make sure we understood that. And I was reading an illustration uh, by a pastor by the name of David Platt. How many have ever heard of David Platt? He's a pretty well-known pastor. And he tells this story. He says, I was sitting outside a Buddhist temple in Indonesia and having a conversation with a Buddhist leader and a Muslim leader in a particular community. In this particular community, he said that these men were discussing how all the religions are fundamentally the same and only superficially different. One of the men said, we may have different views about small issues, but when it comes down to the essential issues, our religions are pretty much the same. How many think that the world believes this? This is the thinking of a lot of people in America. He listened for a while and they asked him, what do you think? And here's what he said. He said, it sounds as though you picture God or whatever you call God as the top of a mountain. It seems as if you believe that we are all at the bottom of the mountain and I may take one route up the mountain and you may take another. And in the end, we all end up in the same place. 
How many think that's how a lot of people think about God? They smiled and replied, exactly, you understand. Then he leaned in and he said, let me ask you a question. What would you think if I told you that the God at the top of the mountain actually came down to where we are? What would you think if I told you God doesn't wait for people to find him, but instead he comes to us? They thought for a moment and then responded, that would be great. He said, let me introduce you to Jesus. Sometimes we don't even think and understand, and sometimes we need to be reminded who Jesus was and who was this person that was Jesus. And the authority that he demonstrated and the authority that he had. When the Bible says the Father uh, put everything under his authority, how many know he is the highest authority that there is? And I want you to begin to think a minute about authority. Um, Sometimes we have a problem with authority. Sometimes we uh, refuse to submit to the authority. Sometimes we don't like the presence of authority. You say, oh no, here it goes. This message is devolving. Now I've got to deal with this issue of authority. No, this message isn't about the authorities in this world that we don't like. This message is why, um, why does authority trouble us so much? Because authority may make me do something I don't want to do. Something I don't like to do. Something I don't feel like doing. Something, you know, maybe they don't have the character to be my authority figure. Or maybe they don't have a relationship with me to, to, to even exert authority in my life. And, and how many know that there's an old saying that says rules without relationship uh, equals rebellion? And so if a person doesn't demonstrate a relationship, then sometimes we rebel. But isn't it amazing that the God of heaven went to such great lengths to demonstrate his love for us? The God of heaven didn't just wait on top of a mountain. The God of heaven didn't just wait in heaven. The God of heaven demonstrate his love for us in the fact that the Father gave His only Son, and the Son gave His life, and He demonstrated a love, and we can recognize that that is a person that deserves uh, that we can be under His authority because He loves us. He demonstrated His authority. And I want you to begin to look at this passage that we studied uh, in the Bible study the other night. And I want you to think about, well, man, what would happen if God, with all that authority, showed up in church? What would happen? And I want you to just imagine that for a moment, that God came down, showed up to church, and He was scheduled to preach that day. And we don't have to imagine that, because it happened in Capernaum. And I want you to listen to what happened. And this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And when they went into Capernaum, immediately on the Sabbath, 
he entered the synagogue, this is Jesus, and was teaching. They were astonished at his teaching. In fact, that word astonished means they were struck, literally shocked to the point of uh, uh, blown away would be a phrase that we would use in our uh, language. They were blown away. They were just terrified, actually. It's a word that just means awesome, terrified, don't know what to think, astonishment at his teaching. Because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Immediately there was in the synagogue, now Jesus just started teaching. And immediately, (laughs) God with all of the authority over everything shows up in church and he just started preaching. He didn't even get into his message very long. The only thing we know that he might have said was uh, repent uh, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here now. The time is now, he said. He begins to preach and immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. If you look in the Greek here, this is a man that has a demon. And so Jesus just started preaching And immediately, he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, or that phrase there is, Be muzzled or shut up. And come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, cried out with a loud voice, and came out of him, And they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. He came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. He healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Wow. The people didn't even know who he was yet. The disciples didn't know who he was yet. But how many know the entire demonic realm knew who was there that day? And before he could hardly even begin to teach, the demons began to cry out, they began to shriek. All over the town, the the whole demonic realm was disrupted. The whole demonic realm was upset. They had been found out. In fact, I don't know how long this young man went to this church with a demon. I don't know how long he went there, but that demon could not stay quiet because he was exposed. He was revealed. He knew that Jesus knew he was there. How many know that Jesus had the discernment to recognize he's sitting on the... On, I'm not even going to say what roll number because somebody's going to get mad at me. <laughs> you know, say, you said that roll number on purpose. But how many know that Jesus had uh, discernment of spirits to understand that it was there and it had to say something 
because it knew that it was about to be confronted by Jesus Christ, the one who's above everything. And so I just want you to, in a moment, just begin to think in your mind about the level of authority that happens when God um, is in our services. And so the first thing I want you to notice is he taught them as one having authority. Before the demon ever exposed himself and ever began to speak and ever began to say that I know who you are. How many would like to see that scene where Jesus Christ stands up and the demon says, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're the Holy One of God, Jesus of Nazareth. And they positively identified and correctly identified. And Jesus said, shut up. He said, put a muzzle on it, which is the literal Greek. And he wouldn't permit him to speak and he cast him out. He cast him out just without saying anything. He just said, go. And they listened to him. And how many know before that ever happened, before he ever did that, how many know that they recognized that he had authority. They recognized that something was different about him. In fact, he was different than the scribes. How many know these scribes spent their entire life studying the Word of God? They studied the law. They, they knew every writer that had ever written about the law, the Bible, the, the Word that they had in completed form at that time, the Jewish scribes and lawyers. They knew it forward and backward. They knew everything they were said about it. In fact, when they would get up to speak, they would be so well educated uh, that they would quote so many different people. So-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. And, and, they, be, and they would be the what would be called the, the doctorates of our day. They were very well educated, very um, knowledgeable of, of everything that possibly could be asked about the scriptures. And yet Jesus walked up and he said, he's not like our scribes, he has authority. And you say, well, man, what is happening here? I may have ever been in a class and... Maybe it's, let's say it's science. And the person gets up and they just, they read things from the textbook. And they, they read it and you fall asleep and you can't stay awake. And then you have that other teacher that comes up and says, oh man, I love doing experiments. I love, yeah, let's do this experiment. Let's do a hands-on. Let's see. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm really into this. There's a passion there. Well, that's kind of, in that direction. Another story that I heard one time was a, a great actor. And that actor was standing on the platform and he, in a very dramatic voice, in a very uh, eloquent way, he began to quote the 23rd Psalm. And he had arranged that day to have an old pastor friend of his in, in the crowd. And he said, you know what? After he did his rendition, everybody stood up, everybody celebrated, everybody clapped, and they were like, what an amazing performance, him quoting the 23rd Psalm. But then after he finished, he said, can I do something? He said, my friend is here, he's been a pastor for 30 years, very godly man, very close to the Lord, and he said, would you please come up and read the 23rd Psalm? 
And that pastor came up and his voice was kind of shaky and it wasn't quite as eloquent and it wasn't quite as dramatic. And as he began to talk about the 23rd Psalm, he began to cry. Because he knew the shepherd. He cried, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And the actor went up to the platform and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, I read the 23rd Psalm. He said, this man knows the shepherd. And do you know that the one who was preaching that day didn't just read the Bible. He didn't just talk about the Bible. He didn't just talk about the laws of God. He didn't just talk about the goodness of God. How many of you know he was the Word of God? He was the one who created the world. He's the one that called it into existence. This was the God that is over the heavens and the earth. He was standing in their church that day and they recognized there is an authority that is here that not only is teaching the Word of God, He is the Word of God. He can teach about the goodness of God because He is a good God. Hallelujah. And there was something so dramatic it shocked them that day. Hallelujah. How many would have liked to have been there that day? Hallelujah. But the first thing we notice is the authority is recognized by the people that something is different. They don't know what's different. They know something is different. There's an authority there. How many see that in that scripture? They know something is different. And But the first one who really recognizes what is different is the entire demonic realm. Did you notice when the man stood up, he had a demon, and then he said, are you coming to destroy us? (laughs) It was plural. So we don't know, we don't know if the man had many demons, or he was speaking on behalf of the entire demonic realm, or there were other people there that were demon-possessed. I mean, I think it's an interesting thing that they're going to church on a regular basis and not recognizing that there are demons sitting in the actual seats every week. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? And they begin to recognize authority. And sometimes I wonder if we recognize authority because at this point, the disciples didn't quite recognize it. His family didn't quite recognize it. A lot of people didn't quite recognize it. But when Jesus began to assert his authority, everybody began to recognize this is something totally different than we have ever seen. How many want to walk in the same authority of Jesus Christ? How many want to have that same authority that Jesus is walking in? Every time we walk into this church, We want to be able to discern the demonic realm. We want to take authority over the demonic realm. How many of you know that there are people that are being battered uh, by the demonic realm? Hallelujah. This community is full of demons. How many know that? There's demonic strongholds. There's demonic power. There's demonic things that are destroying this community. And guess what, church? God has put us right in the middle for a purpose. And Jesus came to start his ministry to show us something. So Jesus not only casts this demon out, but he begins to demonstrate his authority. He begins to demonstrate his authority. It says that after he leaves, he goes to Peter's mother-in-law. 
She's sick. He goes to Peter's house, which is right down the road from the synagogue. And at Peter's house, they, she has a fever and he takes her by the hand and he rebukes the fever and it's gone. And so he's further demonstrating his authority above everything in this world. I am above it all, above every principality, every power, every sickness, all of these things. I'm above it. And how many know that he needed to demonstrate who he was? And so now at Peter's house, the entire town begins to gather at his house. And the Bible says, and immediately he let the synagogue enter Simon's house Simon's mother-in-law lay with a fever and immediately told him about her. He came, took her by the hand, lifted her up. The fever was gone and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door. He healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to even speak. Because they knew who he was. <laughs> How many know that Jesus is demonstrating his authority? And he's demonstrating his authority. Um, in fact, he's called his first four disciples, two sets of brothers. And he's demonstrating, this is my authority. This is who I am. How many know that they needed to know that he had authority over everything? They needed to know that he was who he said he was. Hallelujah. So his authority is recognized. His authority is demonstrated. Let me give you another one here. His authority is accepted or rejected. Now this is interesting. The people said to themselves, it says they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this, a new teaching? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. The report of him went out immediately everywhere into all the region of Galilee and the surrounding area, and they were all amazed. How many know that not everybody accepted his authority? In fact, in that community, they all came to him. They all came to Jesus. And you say, well, man, why would somebody refuse to accept his authority? I I don't understand that. Why would they refuse to accept his authority? If I had something wrong and I knew Jesus was in the community, why would I not go to Jesus? In fact, it says that even Jairus, who was the uh, leader of the synagogue where Jesus was at, even he believed. But the Bible also says that many refused to believe. In fact, do you know that this is the good news that they was they were preaching was Jesus has all authority, all power. He's above everything, above every principality, above every power. And people came to him. But you know, a lot of the religious leaders would not come to Jesus. A lot of people in the communities would not come to Jesus. They would not come and, 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 and submit to his authority, which is amazing. Listen to this. Mark chapter six, a few chapters later, starting in verse seven, it says, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Oh, I'm sorry. 
wrong one there. Well, a little later in that chapter, I'm just going to do it from memory here. A little later in that chapter, Jesus goes to his hometown. How many know that Jesus grew up in Nazareth? And the Bible says that Jesus could not do any miracles except a few people he laid hands on and healed. But he could not do any miracles because a prophet was not accepted in his own hometown. And how many know that there are sometimes... Um, that Jesus is not able to ex- exert his authority because we just simply um, will not believe. And so Jesus, not only did they recognize authority, not only did he demonstrate his authority, but how many know that Jesus also gave his authority to those who believe? In fact, this is a scripture I was getting ready to read here that I accidentally read. But Jesus sets aside 12 believers. And church, this is what we begin to forget. That Jesus has given authority to us as believers uh, over the enemy. And so he calls out the 12. I want you to listen to this. It says, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. He called the 12 to him and began to send them out two by two and gave them what? Authority over impure spirits. These were the instructions. Take nothing for your journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, not an extra shirt whenever you enter a house. Stay there until you leave that town. If there's any place that will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and they healed them. How many know that Jesus is now taking that authority that he has over everything and he's saying, I give it to you, these 12 that he sent out. I'm just, oh, you're going to make me dance up here. (laughs) He's got some music on his phone here. Somebody's calling. Oh, we can't get them off. We need to... It's all right. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many have ever had that happen? <laughs> I've had that happen. Hallelujah. But not only did he set aside the 12, I mean, you know that he also set aside another 70. Listen to this in Luke chapter 10. In fact, in Luke 9, he sends out the 12. Then Luke 10, he says, After this, the Lord appointed 70 or 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Then down in verse 16, it says, whoever listens to you listens to me, Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you what? Authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice 
that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, listen to Jesus' attitude when they came back after, in Jesus' name, doing this work. He says, at that time, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to your little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Do you see that Jesus gives the authority to his disciples, then he sets aside 70, and you say, well, man, that's really nice, really nice, but what's that have to do with me? And I'm talking about authority this morning. I'm talking about God showing up in church and the entire demonic realm being upset because he was there. Um, the whole demonic realm, um, fearful of his authority. And then Jesus says, I give the authority to you, the twelve, And I give authority to the 70. Then in Mark chapter 16, listen to this. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, of whom he had driven seven demons out of her. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive, And she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. They returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the leaven as they were eating and rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe um, who had seen him after he'd risen. He said to them, go to all the world. This is Jesus resurrected in a glorified body and they're seeing him alive now. And here's what Jesus says to them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. All these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes and and they will not harm them. They will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with signs that accompanied them. Now I want you to think about something here. God poured out this authority to all of us. And you say, well, wait a minute. And somebody I can see right now will run with this. And they'll say, Chad, uh, they healed every sickness. They healed every disease. They, everybody came to Jesus' door. And, and how many know some people get a hold of this and say, Chad, everything's going to be healed. Every person's going to be healed. Every hospital's going to be emptied. But can I tell you something? 
the bigger message was, in fact, Jesus healed all these people and, and they said, the whole towns came out, they're looking for you, Jesus. He said, that's not what I've been called to do. I've been called to preach the good news. I've been called to go to every town and preach the good news that the kingdom is here. He said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject. You rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And you say, what are you trying to say, Chad? I'm saying Peter was the one whose mother-in-law was healed. He's the one that witnessed all the demons being cast out. He was the one that watched Jesus heal every person in that city. They went to Nazareth and nobody was healed. And then they went on and and Peter got that same authority and that same anointing. And it says that when Peter walked, uh, even by a shadow, people were healed. You know, they would pray over people. He, he, he went by the gate called Beautiful and he said, rise up and walk. I don't have money to give you to the man who was begging alms. But he said, rise up and walk. And the man walked and you said, well, man, they just moved on and they did everything. And God healed everybody and God opened every door and God did every miracle. No, God wanted them to know I'm the God that can do everything. I'm the God that has every authority. I'm the God that's over all sickness. I'm I'm the God over death. I'm the God over demons. I'm the God over everything. But can I tell you something? Peter still had to suffer. Peter still went through things and God didn't deliver him in every situation. In fact, Peter was martyred. His wife was probably martyred. The disciples were martyred. How many know that Paul was martyred? How many know that Jesus didn't take the easy route? He said, I could have had 10,000 angels deliver me from all of this, but I'm doing my Father's will. How many know that Jesus just wanted you to know that He is over everything? That He is the one authority that is over everything. And you said, is He going to just, in a miraculous blaze of glory, going to solve every problem with a miracle? No, you're going to go through some things, but you serve the God who's able to do everything. The God of all authority. Peter knew this to the end of his life, and he was still trying to remind you about the power of the one that he served, that he is the authority over everything. And my final thing is, one day his authority will be finalized. Finalized. Well, what do you mean, Chad? Can I tell you that demons obeyed him out of fear? In fact, demons normally don't obey him. They kind of do their own thing. They're rebellious. They don't like his authority. But how many know that a demon obeys him because they fear him? And the Bible says that whosoever will, God will give the authority uh, and, and, and he's over everything. But there's going to come a day that his authority will be final, church. There's going to come a day that he will officially be over everything. Do you know that the Bible says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord? In fact, listen uh, to the book of Revelation, what it says. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one except himself knew. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen. That's us, church. White and clean followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule 
with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Church, i got to remind you today that his authority is over everything. He is the highest authority. He's above every sickness. He's above every demon. He's above everything in this heaven and on earth. And church, He is the highest authority that we served. In fact, um, let me give you a few more. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. Powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and glory. He will send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They will gather together His elect from the four winds and from one end of the earth, heavens to the other. Zechariah 14, listen to this authority that Jesus has. Zechariah 14, a prophecy about the Lord. It says, Then the Lord will go forth and He will fight against the nations as He fights in the day of battle. And in that day His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem on the east. Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half the mountain shall move to the north, half to the south. Isaiah 64 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, Lord. The mountains will quake in your presence. The fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries. The nations will tremble at your presence. How many know that there is a authority that is above every authority And one day He's going to establish His rule forever on this earth. Forever and ever. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the highest authority. Worship team. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray this morning, Lord, that you would demonstrate your authority, Lord God. Oh, Father, right now, Lord, that you would demonstrate your power over the enemy. Father, whatever the struggle is this morning, whatever the fight is this morning, oh, Lord God, Lord, you have given us your authority, Lord. Father, I pray that you would prophesy to the hearts this morning. Father, whatever the enemy is doing, you said you came to destroy the work of the enemy. Lord, even the demons cried out, are you here to destroy us, Lord? Because they knew that was your work. Father, right now I pray that you would assert your authority in this church right now. Lord, that we would just simply believe, Lord God. Oh, that we would believe that you have the authority, Lord. And Lord, we just pray this morning against every demonic stronghold, Lord God, if they're struggling with addiction, Lord God. If they're struggling with oppression, Lord. Father, whatever the struggle is, Lord God, your name is above every name. Hallelujah. In fact, let me, church, as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer, how many um, many remember the days when we used to have altar calls? altar calls. Anybody ever heard of one of those? 
never heard of an altar call. He's younger, he said. How I many you know we used to stand at the altar and pray for the power of God? And I'm being facetious here, I'm joking. But how many know we used to stand at an altar and worship and praise and pray for strongholds to be broken? For the power of the enemy to be broken? And church, I don't care what you're going through this morning. I don't care how big the enemy seems this morning. I don't care, you know, what the diagnosis is. Church, let's just believe this morning. Let's just believe that God is above everything. God's authority is above everything. Hallelujah. In fact, I want to read a couple of scriptures this morning. Listen to this. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, what does that leave? Nothing. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Philippians 2, 9. For this reason, God exalt, highly exalted Him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Church, let's be a family this morning. If you're struggling, if you know somebody who's struggling, let's be the kind of people that don't have pride. You know, the Pharisees and the scribes had pride. They wouldn't come to an altar and say, God, help me. God, the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this. And, and, and at church, let's just have a good old time like we used to at the altar. Praying over needs, praying over people, praying over each other, praying with each other, praying for each other. Hallelujah. Just take some time this morning, please. Let's pray over needs. Hallelujah. Because he's able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Let's place up here at the altar. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let me get excited about prayer time. I get excited about the authoritative teaching of Jesus, but I get more excited the demonstration of his power. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, Lord. And Lord, we just pray for more of you, Lord. More of your power, more of your presence, more of your glory. Lord, help us, Lord God. Father, that we would, um, Lord, we would grow in you, Lord. Do the things that you want us to do, Lord. Just bless this church and bless them as they go, Lord. Let them walk in your authority and your power, Lord. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.